Jeff Green's uh, wife yeah, yeah. on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> Susan. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Al Godfrey, AJ Godfrey, Coach KT, Tracy Roberts will be joining us. We might get some fresh uh, Las Vegas Raiders uh, info with uh, our man is on the scene out in Las Vegas this That's morning. That's right. Ryan Kramer back with us of the Sports Gambling Podcast. How you doing, man? I'm back in Vegas. It's, it felt like March Madness was just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, out for the Masters, hanging out, beautiful stadium swim. Uh, yeah, no Raiders players on site as of yet. But I did get a tip from the driver on the way over here that Josh Jacobs is a good guy. Okay, well, it looks like he would be. <laughs> and by the way, uh, you bring up the Masters here. It's a great, obviously, week here. We've been looking forward to it for such a long time. And I know we talk football with you but that being said what is going on in the world of las vegas related to the masters oh uh, just people watching it it's one of these beautiful scenarios where they have lots of tvs and lots of sports and and really it's just competing with baseball a little basketball i know we were watching the frozen four last night but Honestly, it's just a fun time to come out, hang out. It's a lazy day all day by the pool, just watching golf. And, uh, you know, you pair that with some golf bets and you're having a good time. How's the weather out there? Oh, it's beautiful. We I, I, Honestly, the first day it was cold. Vegas still kind of getting some of that winter. And uh, But today, high is supposed to be near 80. Hmm. Uh, Vegas is turning, turning the corner onto the season of uh, summer. And... Uh... We are so looking forward to getting some uh, predictions from you today uh, with regards hmm. to uh, what the teams are going to draft who. I think everyone will have an interesting uh, take on, on what's going to really develop in a couple weeks. Uh, the, you know, I feel like that's almost like obvious stuff, but some of the things that happened or will still happen maybe over the next couple weeks are going to be interesting from a free agency standpoint or from a, a trading perspective or whatever it might be. I look at the Giants a little bit here, and maybe we can talk about them, as I always like to. But the fact that they've lost, you know, I, I don't know, three. The th- I think the three biggest losses they have that, that have occurred for the Giants would be maybe Julian Love, Feliciano, and possibly Nick Gates. There's a few others. How does that – how do the Giants – kind of react to that now yeah i think we're learning that they don't value the center position they just picked up a (laughs) a street free agent basically to fit to run in there they're they're planning on right now unless they draft someone in the second round they're going to be starting either ben bredesen shane lemieux or someone that's not on the roster yet and so i i I don't really know what they're doing. It does seem like center is one of those interesting positions where it's very valuable. If you're a football person, you watch football, you understand like Jason Kelsey, the value he brings to the Eagles. But on the other side, you understand that there's only 32 starting spots. And so you don't want to overcommit to one. It sounds like they're going to look to develop one or draft one. And so I, I don't mind it. It seems like they've been very reasonable and responsible in their signings to this point. Now we haven't heard the name Odell Beckham yet. You know, I I don't I still don't know if I hope that he ends up on the Giants or not if it's a bad deal, but it seems like most of the deals have been responsible. It seems like they're looking ahead to maybe re-signing some of their studs. And, and frankly, I I 
I'm down to try. Everything that Brian Dable has done so far has been a pretty good idea. So I'll, I'll roll with it. Sad to see Nick Gates go. I'll be honest with the with the comeback story, the broken leg, making it all the way back. Sad he's gone to the to the Commanders, a a in division competitor, but not sad that Feliciano is gone. And uh, at the end of the day, I'll I'll see what they can do with the next guy, next man up. And in a best case scenario, Ben Bredesen's playing center here. And Izudu has figured out the right, the left guard position. And I think they'll be in a pretty healthy space. Okay. Yeah, I know. You know, you look at, you You talk about the commanders, you talk about the division that the Giants are in and how I think it's become better than it it has been over the last few years. Back, I don't know how many years ago, but it was really good at a certain point. Probably the best in the league. And then they kind of just got embarrassing for a while. But what, when they had YA Tittle? <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you look at it th- like now, like the Eagles. Let's dissect this a little bit, Ryan. Let's have some fun because you know the Eagles. I feel like they have lost more guys than they have resigned, and I don't know how that's going to affect them per se. But I don't know. I kind of like it <laughs> as a Giants fan. Yeah, I mean, look, there there is a lot of uh, sentiment from Eagles fans that it's not a big deal that they lost both their coordinators, uh, Gannon and Steichum. Uh, I, I tend to believe that when we first met Nick Sirianni, and I'm not even going to talk about players for a second, we thought Nick Sirianni might be a bit of a joke. And what happened? Well, he proved us wrong. He obviously hired the right people around him, and here we are. They they were you know pretty close to winning a Super Bowl. Now both coordinators out the door, some key players out the door. Now I will say keeping Bradbury and Slay probably a, a, a positive move for them. Still have Jalen Hurts on the rookie deal. Obviously, they're still going to be near the top of the league in dead money with the way they keep pushing stuff forward, but that's fine to do when you're pushing the chips to the middle with a rookie quarterback. That being said, I don't have confidence in Nick Sirianni coming back and running it back with completely different coordinators. I'm not really even sure if they're not, don't really care if they're in house or not. I just think that's a big, big change. And then you add the fact that a Pro Bowler like Hargrave is no longer going to be on the team core to that. Uh, defensive line and then you just sprinkle in the fact that they had positive injury luck so I I would say that it it would be very difficult for the Eagles to run back the same season they had last year what's helping them is that the NFC appears to be weak the NFC Aaron Rodgers is leaving it seems like Detroit's going to be one of the top teams in the in in the conference it seems like you know people are talking themselves into the Panthers as a dark horse team in the south the Saints are the odds are in favor to win that division and so when you really look around the conference you can see how this team can get back to the playoffs and have a nice 12 win season i just wonder when 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 things do get tight and now that they have the expectations and now that they've had the success i i wonder how good of a coach Nick Sirianni is going to be in the run back by the way uh, i don't know how i don't know how this Sets the tone, but the Giants have the most picks out of the division. Ten picks, I think. And then you look at, like, the Eagles. I think they only have, like, six, and the Commanders have, like, seven, or I don't know. But And the Cowboys, I think, are – where are they? I have them right here. Cowboys have seven picks. Okay, fine. So well, that's pretty good, considering. I mean, I think that Shane and, and, and Dable and the rest of the crew, especially on draft night, they're going to – right from this point on, I mean, they've been working their butts off. But certainly, you know, they've got the, ne- the next few weeks or two weeks now to really figure it out because 10 picks, that's a lot. 
not only 10 picks, but 10 picks in a year where Joe's going to have his guys. If you remember, he got hired into a pretty toxic situation in the Giants front office. If you're not a fan, if you haven't been following it, it's basically a decade-long kind of trench through uh, hiring your friends, hiring your family, and having a lot of scouts that were, were not necessarily helping with the cause. If you remember the Giants under Gettleman, there were all always leaks. There were always information, correct information coming out of the New York Giants front office. And now Joe Shane has his scouts. He has his guys. We're hearing nothing about what the, the Giants plan to do. And even if you remember last year, Joe clearly fed some false information to those scouts because the reports we got were all wrong. And you could tell the leaks were still there. And so I think the, the leaks have been shored up. Uh, a shout out to the, the little documentary series the Giants put out called Giants Life, a little behind the scenes Iggy. But I think the combination of them having a year to scout together and understanding the types of players they like, the the associate GM, I'm blanking on his name right now, who came over from the Eagles, routinely has said the competitive advantage that they have is they know the type of player they're looking for. So if we extrapolate on last year, they're going to be drafting young guys. They're going to be drafting guys with the measurable, like, prospect talent type deals you think a cordell flot really long projects well to someone who could develop but was under 21 i think that's the kind of player we're going to be looking at and i think you're you're you, you can almost scratch the old guys off the board because i think joe and all those picks a i think we're going to see some trades i, I would not be surprised if we, if you see us trade down at the at the end of the first round and then i also think much like the eagles have done in the past they're going to take the equity they have this year and they're going to find a way to pick a pick up a little bit next year mm. um just as a as a whole the division is very healthy in the draft you mentioned the, the the fewest picks in the division i think is six you get seven to start so that's not bad and then meanwhile the eagles who have the some fewer picks but they have two first round picks so yeah. fully expect them to be doing some maneuvering and maybe picking up some more so that, all of that being said i do i expect joe shane to have a better draft this year just because he's working with his guys in a year long scouting process looking at the guys they want to draft there's a first Ryan forgot somebody's name. Who? Oh. I don't know. He's, he's <laughs> yeah. never forgotten. Oh, any that name. is true. That's true. He usually has that ready to go. <laughs> Come on, Ryan. <laughs> hey, uh, Ryan. Uh, Brandon Brown. Brandon Brown. There he is. He's the it. GM of the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> Why haven't we heard of, uh, anything really happen as far as transactions in the last week? What's going on? I mean, nothing's really moved. Uh, no needle is moving, Pop. I mean, honestly, Zeke's kind of in no man's land. Everyone is. I don't know what's going on. Supply and demand. I, I think once the top of the market gets settled, there's no pressure. There's no urgency to sign. Uh, whether that's a deal for DeAndre Hopkins, whether that's a deal for Lamar Jackson, whether that's a deal for Derrick Henry, there's no urgency to do a deal now before the draft. That's the big. That's the next big uh, benchmark. So. I think the deals that are going to involve draft picks, especially you could see these teams trying to hold off. Hey, I don't want to give you a pick this year, but I'll trade you for a pick next year. And so I think planting a flag at the draft, I think that's when a lot of the the urgency will pick back up. As we all know, uh, the NFL, a very old school sport where even though we have telephones and zoom, they still like to do their business in person. We hear about all the business that goes down at the combine. The draft is the next spot for that to happen. I fully expect uh, Odell could be a draft weekend signing so that the news is talking about him. I fully expect that DeAndre Hopkins could be moved around the draft. And if Lamar Jackson is going to be playing for another team next year, 
I do think it happens around the draft. The odds for Lamar Jackson to be playing with the with the not Ravens next year has gone all the way to minus 200, meaning it's a massive favorite. So I do expect that deal to go down around the draft as wow, well. Wow, you really uh, it's a, it, it, you, you it's think he's not going to be in purple and black? Uh, you know, the more and more that you break down the scenario, the more and more it seems like the Ravens are playing the game as hard as they can play the game. If you didn't catch the, the press conference with Harbaugh and DaCosta, they very much both wearing plaid jackets, which couldn't have more looked like dumb and dumber to me as they sat up there <laughs> and told the world with a straight face that they were going to be now having to look at quarterbacks in the draft because. We don't know what's going to happen with Lamar. And I still stand by Lamar not having an agent is definitely a problem in this negotiation. But it certainly is making me think more and more that they could look at a quarterback. Now, I don't think it's going to be a top-notch one unless they do do the deal for Lamar ahead of time and get those extra picks. What I do think is Munkin, the new offensive coordinator of the Ravens, he came from Georgia. And guess who's going to be available in the draft in the third, fourth, fifth round? Stetson Bennett. What a... I mean, talk about a perfect one-year kind of guy. Comes in, comes in, knows the offense, just won two national championships with the offense, Mm. and maybe you don't have Lamar, maybe you do. Either way, this is a nice, cheap way to to Band-Aid that. Hey, Ryan, Adam ruined my week about six days ago by telling me that uh, my Los Angeles Rams are going to be dead for the next 10 years. Yep, 100%. It, uh, I don't, I can't confirm dead for the next 10 years, but it does, it does seem like they're in a tough spot. I mean, again, when you mortgage the future to win a Super Bowl and you win the Super Bowl, you can't get that upset about it. That being said, we still don't really know how committed Aaron Donald is. We still don't know how committed Matt Stafford is. I'll be honest, I still think that Sean McVay is interested in the media. And so, You know, they don't have a ton of reload capability, a.k.a. draft uh, equity. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're just going to have to work through it. Now, that that comes – will they be willing to tank here another year? Will they be willing to really bottom out? Because, unfortunately, much like the NBA, the best way to kind of reset in the NFL is trade away a bunch of guys, get those draft assets, and then let the team hit the floor Mm -hmm. for a season to get those high draft picks, and you're able to bring in that next guy – the issue with the Rams is they just kept rolling over that that oh you know what I'm in debt let me just re- refinance it again and refinance it again <laughs> and next thing you know your 30 year mortgage from 20 years ago still has 30 years on it uh, the Rams currently sitting uh, number three in the league behind the Bucks the Eagles in dead cap for this year mm. now it's interesting because the Eagles seem to be able to be successful dead dead cap why rookie quarterback. Rams and Bucks, they don't have the same kind of deal right now. So I, I do worry for the Rams. I mean, $52 million in dead cap when the salary cap is just over 200 mil, you're talking about a quarter of your, of your cap in dead cap. And then you focus on who they are paying a lot of money at the top. So what does that mean? Just like the Giants, those replacement level players, those backups are all going to be relative trash. And so <laughs> any sort of injuries, any sort of, any sort of adversity with the big guys. I mean, no Jalen Ramsey anymore either to, to go down. But if Donald gets hurt, if Matt Stafford isn't playing, I, I don't have a lot of hope for this team, unfortunately. I'm sorry to say. Yeah, yeah well, it makes, it makes loads of sense. Uh, last but not least, I mean, there's a lot of things that we could talk about here. Actually, two things, because uh, we're going to talk Masters one more before we go to uh, break. But Cam Newton coming out saying he can uh, back up, what, like 18 teams or something like that, or 12 teams. What's the, uh, your take on that? There's nothing better 
than uh, bad quarterback play for the retired irrational confidence guy. Now, if I'm Cam Newton and I'm hearing all these people, I think we talked about this, but I'm hearing all these people compare Anthony Richardson to me. And when I look at Anthony Richardson's career, I say, hey, where's his JUCO national championship? Hey, where's his actual college national championship? Hey, where's his Heisman trophy if he's so much like me? So if I was Cam Newton, I'd feel the same way because I'm looking around the league and there are some teams looking at you, the Bucks with Baker Mayfield. I'm looking at you, Patriots, with McCorkle, Jones, or uh, or Bailey Zappi. There are a number of teams that are rolling out a, a disgraceful set of quarterbacks. So I know that Cam didn't look so good the last time we saw him. He probably was a little banged up and had those shoulder issues. The problem with Cam is that no one wants their backup to be a, a story. We've already learned this with Tim Tebow. We've learned this with Colin Kaepernick. If you are more than just a guy who holds a clipboard, good locker room guy, can help the starter, you're not someone that any team is going to be interested to back their team up. So when you see Cam Newton using all his uppercase and lowercase characters on social media (laughs) and sipping sipping wine as he, he talks into a microphone, I don't think that's something a lot of teams are very interested in. No doubt about it. Um, you know, <laughs> what's really interesting about this week with the Masters, man, and we've had a lot of fun prior to, like last week, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if uh, like we just get a ton of live players just play lights out? It's happening. Now you're looking at, like, overall this whole week, I mean, you're seeing, you're seeing live players just dominate, play very good. If not dominate, they're still in minus numbers. So it's interesting. What's your opinion on on this? And I guess they announced uh, they announced that the live uh, will have a match play with the PGA Tour come in the near future. I think we just it's classic case of the main the media being able to influence people. Heard a lot about how the the tournaments the live guys were playing were trash. Heard a lot about how the courses weren't tough. Heard a lot about the competition not being very good. And then here we are. Well, some of those guys still have the uh, the forted the, the some call it the testicular fortitude to play <laughs> on the big stage, and I think that's what we're really seeing. Liv just went out and dropped the bag for some of the dudes who have it between the ears, and now <laughs> when you get to the Masters, it's the ultimate head game. So that being said, let's see what happens when the weather hits. But yeah, yeah I, I I enjoy the story because there's nothing I like more than a little golf rivalry. Speaking of balls, yeah. um, what what is your opinion about the uh, uh, ball. Oh, the, the the driving back the ball. Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. Listen, I'm, I'm turning. I'm I'm aging nicely into an old guy, so I can understand why the old guys wouldn't want the young guys to have an advantage anymore. But right. I, I mean, come on, sports always progress. We're always finding a way to get new technology. We're always finding a way to make the sport better. So honestly, when I hear Tiger talk about this stuff, it kind of makes me think he's being an old man on his rocking chair, just yelling at the, the the neighborhood kids as they walk by. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Ryan Kramer, appreciate the talk with us. Enjoy Vegas. Uh, everyone listening, check him out. Sports Gambling Podcast all around. Appreciate it, man. As always, appreciate you guys. Have a good week.